0: Welcome to Origin Gates daily podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Grant Mahoney. And what I want to talk on today is prayer revolution. So before we start, what I'd like to do is just pray. And so Yahweh, we just want to position ourselves today in the blood of Yeshua and in your name, in the center of the yod He Vaveh. And we just thank you that we can step into Yeshua, who is the door. He is our very salvation. And we take up our seat in the council rooms of heaven. For this time, Father, as we come together and we just listen to this word, Father, we just thank you that we are seated above any principality, power or wickedness in spiritual places, Father, and that we are seated in Christ. And so, Yahweh, above all the heavens in your throne, and Father, where all authority and power over the earth proceeds, we want to just speak into this realm, Father, and we command the clouds of the heavens to break forth. And allow for the light of your word and the manifestation of the rains of Yahweh to begin to pour out upon our lives, Father. And we just thank you for that, Yahweh. So what I want to talk about is the a prayer revolution, which is something that I believe we need. I mean, if I look at my own life, and I know a lot of people, and as a body of believers, we've all heard amazing teachings, and we've had incredible prophetic words over our lives and over our nations and all kinds of stuff and I want to say that these words are weapons that we are going to be held responsible for by the kingdom of Yahweh and we need to understand that these words have echoed out of the corridors of eternity and that they are the very thoughts of God if they are true prophetic words and so we need to understand that Yahweh sees very very differently to how we see how man sees and his value system, the value system of the kingdom, is so very different from the value system of the earth. And what we call success means nothing before Yahweh. You know, his definition of success is very dif- different from man's definition of success. We think success is how much money we have in the bank, if we have a good job and drive nice cars and live in nice neighborhoods. That doesn't mean anything to Yahweh. And so all these words that we've heard and that we're still going to hear, are going to require you and me to take responsibility for them and to do something with what we've heard. We cannot just be another generation that just hears and does nothing. And so the Bible says that so many have died without seeing the promise. And you know, I don't want to be one of those. God forbid that we are those people that we die without seeing the promise. I want to see the promise that Yahweh has given us to see the redemption the deliverance and the salvation of my family and the nations. And so the the word says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18, it says, Timothy, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. So this is such an interesting scripture because it's literally saying that with a prophetic word comes a war. And I think a lot of us have seen that in our lives. But look at what it says about them. It says about those prophetic words, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. And when you look at that word fight well in, in the Greek, it breaks down to the word "stratēia," which is where we get the word strategy from. So it's not about actually fighting because the Lord does the fighting for us. It says the battle is the Lord's. But this is about us having a strategy going forward, a strategy around the words that Yahweh has given us. And um, one of the things that I wanna do today in this message is I wanna provoke you and I want you to begin to feel uncomfortable. I want us to become restless in our spirit because the issue is as long as you and I feel comfortable about where we are, we can never come out from where we are. You know, as long as we're comfortable in our little corner, we're gonna die there and never see the promise. And I want to cause an uneasiness inside of us because I want us to become restless because we need to break out of the confinements of the very things that are holding us back and limiting us and restricting us. And we're not functioning at our full capacity and and the capability that we have to affect the world and make a difference that you and I were born to make as the sons of Yahweh. And so Paul says to Timothy, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. So if we think about what is prophecy, prophecy is advanced knowledge. It's about knowing something that's coming. And prophecy is God's given ability to buy or lock into his mind and download what he has on his mind concerning an individual, a business, a ministry, a nation, at any particular given time or season. In fact, if you really look at it, everything that is prophecy is already written down in a book. And all a real prophet does is literally access your book and read from it. And so we need a revolution in our prayer life because we need to get back to the place of being on our knees before Yahweh. And it's interesting that I've heard people say prayer cannot do everything. And in in a way it's right, depending on its context, but it's also wrong because prayer is the very underlying factor of everything that you and I receive from Yahweh. Like for instance, someone said to me, you don't need to pray, you just need to have wisdom. But the thing is, you can't have wisdom without praying because he who lacks wisdom, let him ask. And so asking is a dimension of prayer. And the Bible says, you know, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. That's another dimension of prayer, acknowledgement and gratitude. So you and I have to dialogue with Yahweh. We have to run things through him and by him. And so when my heart is overwhelmed, I will cry out from the ends of the earth. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. That is another dimension of prayer. Crying is another dimension of prayer. And, you know, if you, if you go to the book of Genesis in, uh, in chapter 27, you can read it's a story of Esau. And we know the story when he comes to his father Isaac and he says, "Is there no blessing left to, for me because remember Jacob has stolen his blessing. And Isaac says to him, he says, as a matter of fact, I've made Jacob, your younger brother, lord over you. And Esau asks, is there nothing left for me? What am I supposed to do? I'm also your son. And Isaac says, I can't help you because I've already eaten food. And so I can't revoke it because the eating of food in Hebrew culture after you've done something means you've sealed the deal and it's done. But then Isaac says to Esau, he gives him this piece of, uh, I think it's an incredible revelation. And he says this, he says, It shall come to pass when thou become restless, then shall his yoke be broken over you, and then shall you have dominion. So I believe that what we're seeing is this. We're seeing a lot of people, especially in this day and age, where a lot of believers are becoming restless. A lot of the church is becoming restless, and we're in a state of restlessness. Because why? I believe it's a divine thing. All the stuff that's been happening with COVID is a divine thing. And what's been happening with the elections and all this, the chaos that is happening in the world, it's a divine thing because Yahweh is wanting us to start getting restless because it's time for the yoke of the oppressor to be broken and for his body of sons to begin to rise up with dominion. And that's one of the things we really need to start functioning is dominion. And one of the reasons we have to pray is because it's illegal for Yahweh to intervene with the things of man unless he has an invitation. And the reason that is, is because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But the Lord gave the earth that was his to Adam and Adam committed high treason and sold it to the, the to the enemy, the devil. And remember, the devil says to Yeshua, it says, all the riches that, and glory that you see was delivered unto me by Adam and and Adam delivered to the devil. So the devil, the the, the devil, the devil says to whomsoever I will give it. And so you have to understand something here, even though Yeshua has come and shed his blood and he's restored the first dominion, Adam's lease is not yet expired. So Satan is still operating legally by the lease that Adam's given him. And that's why the word says in two Corinthians four, four, that the devil is the God of this world. Adam used to be, but Adam lost it. So when people say Yahweh is in charge, you know, they just have this attitude, oh, well, whatever happens, happens, God's in charge. They are actually incorrect because Yahweh is only in charge of cities and individuals and ministries and businesses who have submitted themselves to his lordship. But then this is a two-sided coin. On the other side of that coin, Yahweh is in charge because he's sovereign. But we have to understand the rules of engagement. Yahweh cannot do anything for humanity until somebody prays. And um, and so if we have this mentality that if it's his will, it's going to be done. We, I mean, it, you're just really kidding yourself, because that is why Yeshua says, pray that thy kingdom will come and thy will be done as it is in heaven. And what we have to understand is what that means. He's actually yeah, He's dealing with the keys of the kingdom. He's talking about governmental prayers. Governmental prayers means superimposing or enforcing the will of Yahweh concerning the earth and he's talking about judicial rights and judicial authority and Jesus says Yeshua says whatever things so you bind on earth means anything that you prohibit on the earth heaven is going to enforce it the kingdom is going to be behind it and then he says whatever things you loose loose means whatever things you acquit or discharge shall be enforced by the kingdom so the kingdom is waiting for you and I to rise up to begin to effect changes in order for heaven to back it up And so it's illegal for the kingdom to come to earth to do anything among you and I, among man, without an invitation from man because prayer is the only thing that links the earth to the kingdom. Prayer connects the earth to the kingdom and prayer is the only acceptable currency that allows you and I to go into the heavenlies and use that as a medium of exchange to draw from the treasury house of heaven. And in exchange for prayer, it's given to us. And so if we think about This particular thing. So for you and I to come into the earth, what had to happen? We had to be born. And so the legal entry for any human being into the earth is the womb of a woman. That's the legal entry. It's illegal for you or me to come into the earth through any other way. There's no other way that we can come into the earth. And that is why Yeshua had to be born. He had to wrap himself in the womb of a virgin in order to come to the earth, especially the first time because his first coming had to be legal if he had come any other way if he had come like just appeared because he could it would have been illegal and the enemy would have questioned the justice of heaven what does it say in 1 john 5 verse 4 for whatever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith so we have to understand that yahweh has dreams and desires and visions for you and me and for those things to be born or to be conceived sorry to be conceived they have to be born And so what this means is that anything that has the right to succeed in the land of the living must be born, whether that's your ministry, your business, you as an individual, the only ways we have to be born, the dreams of God have to be born. And the way we do that is we conceive it and we travail and we give birth to it. And that's why the scripture says, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. So one of the things I want to address here is, we must, we must be very careful not to be deceived with faith confessions because we have to understand this whole thing about faith because the word says that faith is the product of the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and the word prayed and if the word prayed in order for the word to get results who do we think we are that we can just make a faith confession and nothing happen there has to be us engaging in prayer and so there are dimensions of prayer because just because you and I have prayed for something for one or two years and haven't seen a manifestation of it doesn't mean it doesn't work. And if we look at the, the story of Elijah with King Ahab when there was a drought, this is in 1 Kings 18, and the Lord says to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. So even though Elijah receives this incredible word that it's going to rain, there was nothing showing him that it was going to happen. And what he knew was he had to get to the top of Mount Carmel, he had to take that word, he had to travail, he had to work on that word, he had to have responsibility for that word, he had to work it in the war to see the rain come. And he knew that if he didn't do it, there was no ways it would come to pass unless he did it. And so he tells his servant, do you see a manifestation of what I've heard? And the, and the problem is this, is that most of the church and most of the believers, when a prophetic word comes, we don't work that prophetic word. We go telling everyone about what Yahweh has said, but we honestly, we don't contend with the word. We don't pray that word through. We just talk about it. And this is something that's very, very different. And then the story goes on. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go and get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah. I don't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And we know the rest of the story. He tells him to run and tell Ahab to get in his chariot, to go home because the rain's going to come down. And the rain comes down and Elijah gets the strength and he you know, he tucks his cloak into his belt and he runs ahead of the chariots because he understood something. He understood he had to get on that mountain. He had to bow his head between his knees. He had to assume the position of birthing travail. And remember, anything that comes from Yahweh that has the right to live and exist in the land of the living must be born. So he climbs that mountain. The first time he prays, nothing happens. Second time, third time, you know, he understood the rules of engagement that he had to push through to see the prophetic fold, to see that promise of rain. And I want to encourage you, if you have a word and you haven't seen the fulfillment, what are you doing with the word? Start getting into the place of travail. Start pushing it. Start praying it. Don't get discouraged after The first year, the second year, the third year, however long it's taken. Because Elijah accessed seven dimensions of prayer and he pushed through until it happened. And this is what we teach our intercessors is that we pray until, until we see the result. We take that word until we see it happen. Because if it's from Yahweh, it should at least have that level of honor and respect for us to push it through till the end. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this and I hope it's encouraged you. Bless you guys.